good day to all who are entering the fire. It is burning, burning up in here. I'm on fire. Peter's on fire. Justin's on fire. How are we doing this morning? This you afternoon. wanted to say good morning there, didn't you? I, I did, you just, yeah. And you just asked us, how I are said, we doing this morning? Our, I said this morning. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the... It's weird. The daylight savings happened last week. Um, and that would... Yeah, and if you factor in daylight savings, it would still only be, what? No, it would be 5.45 p.m. So it would be even <laughs> further into that. Yep. <laughs> Well, anyways, I'm doing well. Thomas, how are you doing? Um, I'm I'm doing I'm doing really well. Um, nice, really yeah. well is is good. I, yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about what we're going to be talking today. Um, yeah, I am. Justin, how you doing? I'm good. You know, been a good week, a good weekend. So, I kind of enjoy daylight savings. Uh, I think it gets a bad little bit of a bad rap out there but you know i'm okay with it it's a weird thing but i think it gets a bad rap it's a little it's a little when you wake up afterwards and it's bright out at like six and then it's dark out at like five (laughs) but i feel like it evens out and it makes sense as the winter goes on um i've also realized in recent years like the extra hour or lack of hour doesn't really do anything (laughs) Um, at least to me like it's just an hour so i don't really ever notice it yeah that's fair i feel like i only notice it on the day we get it back yeah when we lose an hour yeah and when we lose it that's fair Mm -hmm. well there was a there's a pretty bad fire at the the shoe factory here in wheaton um sadly it was responsible for taking many souls Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Like, <laughs> soles of shoes. Sorry. It's a bad joke. Oh, man. <laughs> there was no fire. <laughs> there is no shoe factory in Whedon. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, okay. I applaud you. You got me on that one. Let's go. I... <laughs> uh, that was, I'm sorry for that one. That was a bad one. <laughs> Did not mean to actually get you guys. Um, anyways, what we're talking about this week? We're talking about one of the seven deadly sins: gluttony. Um, basically, this episode is going to be more of a more of a discussion than than previous episodes. We are going to look at scripture, um, but ideally, there's there's going to be a lot of talking, lots of opinions, many questions. Um, but we're not going to dive into any certain passages in the Bible aside from just like looking at where gluttony has been mentioned. Um, and we're just going to like kind of talk about like what gluttony is, what it can look like and what it might look like today. Uh, so, so yeah. Listen to this episode and you too could be glutton free. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. I, was, I had a feeling that... <laughs> That pun might make it in or something related, <laughs> related to gluten. I thought about it the it second that I saw Thomas sent this out as the topic for this week. <laughs> <laughs> will you become glutton-free? <laughs> Only time will tell. 
Um, so yeah, um, I'm just gonna to pray to get us kicked off here, and then we can just jump into it. All right. All right. So here we go. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for Justin. Thank you for Peter. Thank you that we could be here together just to talk about your word, talk about you, talk about Christianity and and even sin, Lord. Um, just please help us to just be focused on you throughout this whole discussion. And let's let's just dive into what this topic really means and get to the bottom of it. Um, yeah, thank you that we can do this. Thank you for our listeners, all like however many there are now. And yeah, just in there, pray amen. 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 Too many to count. That's how many listeners. Oh, too many I to can't. count on one hand. Too many to count. still too many (laughs) well so again today's um topic is gluttony so like traditionally gluttony is kind of defined as like it well i guess yeah defined as habitual greed or an excess in eating. And I think as whenever I think of gluttony, I always, is everything like I, I've read in the Bible and such has always led me to believe that it is more of a, like an excess in eating and just like overindulgence in eating and all, and all of that. Um, so yeah, but <laughs> traditionally like, Gluttony is, as I mentioned earlier, one of the seven deadly sins. Um, among them are gluttony, of course, pride, wrath, greed, lust, envy, and sloth. Sloth. Um, sloth. Sloth. Sloth is just like laziness. <laughs> but it's way more fun if you say sloth. <laughs> <laughs> You also sound way more holy when you're like, man, Lord, please help me be less slothful. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, each of these sins is uh, basically a product of sinful desires and like a way of thinking that gets you there. Um, It is not an exhaustive list, but most sin is a branch from one of these main seven. Think of them as like categories, not like all of sin but like most most sin that can be seen and done uh is a branch from like it's it's impetus from one of these seven desires i'd say um because yeah and yeah so today i just we're gonna start us off with some some questions right here before we dive into scripture um but right now Question number one, what is gluttony? How do you guys define it? Yeah, so um, I think of gluttony as um, the overconsumption of worldly things um, as a result of sort of being controlled by these things. And... um, uh, I do think, and especially as you mentioned, like the examples in the Bible, really that talk about gluttony, focus it more on food. And so the more like research and 
stuff I looked up about gluttony. It, it really did relate mostly to food. So I think that's um, like the, the prime example of gluttony. But I do think overconsumption of worldly things, whether that's drinking as well or material, um, I don't know, just anything material maybe can fit under that umbrella of gluttony. Um, yeah, I think it's sort of an overconsumption of these things and also um, in the same way or in a similar way, a perversion of things that God has given us to enjoy. Um, and we just sort of take them and idolize them, the things themselves rather than the giver of these things, um, or rather than praising or worshiping the giver of these things through enjoying these things in moderation. Instead, you know, we kind of pervert that and overconsume them to the point where these things, food, etc., uh, control us. Mm. Um, yeah, that's how I interpret the word gluttony. Interesting. I think that's very fair, and I, I'll take it. Peter used the term uh, overconsumption. I think I would use the term overindulgence, because mm. um, I think the idea of of indulging in something certainly i mean it means enjoying something like and then enjoying something is not a bad thing in any way like if i <laughs> indulge in uh baking then i really enjoy baking and hey that's a great thing you know if, if that's one thing in this world that i that i like doing then there's nothing wrong with doing it you could say that about it, it doesn't have to be baking it insert any sort of action in there then you indulge in it, then then go for it. But when you get to the point of overindulging, uh, that's when it becomes an issue and it becomes gluttonous, as it were. Um, mm. And I think that's a problem because then, as Peter said, you know that starts to kind of overtake your time, overtake your your mind and your heart, what you're thinking about, what you're feeling. Uh, the there's a line that if you're indulging some in something and then it crosses over that line to overindulgence, that's when it kind of starts to control you. So. Actually, I think Peter kind of hit the nail on the head. It's kind of like once something of this world starts to control you rather than you being in control of it um, in your own mind, then you have entered into the sphere of gluttony. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, you guys really hit the nail on the head with this one, I think. Um, I love, yeah, like the language of control and indulgence and overindulgence as well. I think, well, not necessarily love, but I guess love the descriptiveness of it and how how, it's, how you can kind of characterize gluttony as this thing that can take over your pleasures um, and the things you like as you get further, as, as your, your eyes lose focus from God and they, they turn towards the things we indulge in. Um, so turns our, our nature towards being engaged in gluttony from just pleasure and the things that God has given us for sure. So amazing. I think, um, especially when we're talking about the seven deadly sins, um, gluttony and greed have a lot in common, at least the the kind of like the way I see it as in like greed is like, just like the want of more and like gluttony is like, the overindulgence in it's like hard to distinguish what kind of where's the line from that so what do you guys think the difference is between gluttony and greed i think 
start with kind of the similarities. And as you said, they're, they are kind of similar. I think they both have their roots in selfishness. Um, when, you know, if it's all about me, then I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what makes me happy and I'm going to take what I want and I'm going to take what makes me happy. And I think actually when you were talking about gluttony and greed, the difference is you, you mentioned it ever so slightly there, greed being like, greed being more closely related to envy, I think, you know, almost mm. like I want that so bad. I, I, I need that for myself. Uh, and if you're greedy, you, you want like everything. I want everything for myself. And then gluttony in a sense is taking the next step and taking everything for yourself. Mm. Um, maybe that's one way to look at it. Okay. Yeah. I, I would sort of agree with that. I think um, that greed may be the thing that you act upon when you commit gluttony. Um, yeah, I think gluttony, the act of gluttony or the act of overindulgence, overconsumption can be a sign that we have a deeper desire. Worldly things. Um, deeper than we do spiritual things. And that could result in, uh, that could be, I mean, it could be a sign of greed. It could be a sign of envy, I guess. Um, and then that greed um, is what lead, maybe leads us to sinfully indulge in these worldly things. Um, I also think greed or envy um, is, can also be seen as sort of like being very selfish. And I'm not saying gluttony isn't, but, selfishness greed can be selfishness at the expense of wanting something that takes away from something someone else maybe mm. i don't know if that makes sense um gluttony may not necessarily fit exactly under that um like you may just be indulging food for yourself you may not be taking it from someone else per se but um yeah there might be a little bit of a difference there between the two in that regard but i do think gluttony can be seen um in my mind as an action upon greed um, or maybe just an action upon a desire for um, something that brings you pleasure, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think like um, gluttony is, yeah, I guess like something like, like if, if we're talking, leaning on like, let it, having something you indulge in control you that leads to overindulgence. Um, gluttony is the excess of like more than you need. And in that way, I think greed is like always wanting more than you need and um, like always like you, no matter how much you have, you always want more. Whereas mm -hmm. I think gluttony is all like, as maybe its own branch from greed of it's just like, I only want more of this one thing. Um, and like, you can never be like just giving into that one single desire and giving just like going totally in on like that one thing that like, you're just overindulging in all. And a lot of the time I think that's seen as food most traditionally. So like people who are just like gluttons are just like these massive people who are just like, <laughs> <laughs> just can't stop eating right and then and, like food controls them i think of the baron from dune 
Ah, yes. That's <laughs> a good example. <laughs> he, he was described as a glutton who would just only – he actually got so fat he needed technology to hold his weight up. Suspend him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could not move on his own, um, which I think is a good picture of, like, overindulgence. Like, he, he just was so greedy for food that he gave in to letting food control him. Um, in that way um so so i guess what do you and i think desire because i think a lot of times when you're a glutton for something you desire it um so how do you guys think like desire plays into gluttony like what role do you think it has i think it's the the basis of gluttony or it's what um, I guess how gluttony becomes gluttony is out of desire. Um, I also think you can extrapolate that to all the seven deadly sins. Right? Mm-hmm. You desire, um, I think, in a way, the seven deadly sins, um, when you when they do become sinful, it's when you in a way you desire it at in an inappropriate way an appropriate time maybe um so for example like lust is a seventh deadly sin um and i guess the existence of um or just the experience of like sex or sexual desires in and of itself aren't sinful like it's in marriage it's perfectly normal um but then when you desire it at an inappropriate time or in an inappropriate way it can be it can turn into lust. Um, and I think, you know, same thing with pride. Um, when you want, you know, well-deserving praise or self-respect, that's nothing wrong with that. But uh, when you desire it too much or in excess or for wrong reasons, then it can turn into pride. Um, and so, yeah, I think gluttony also fits under that. Um, when you desire food or the consumption of alcohol in excessive ways or at wrong times um, or for wrong reasons, then I think that leads to overconsumption and gluttony. Uh, so I think that's where, you know, you can see desire being at sort of the root of um, where, where the, this overconsumption, where this gluttony comes out of. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, quite, quite simply gluttony is almost like uncontrolled desire. Um, there's a lot to be said for desiring something and then still having the self-control to um, place that thing that you desire below uh, what we desire from God. Um, So, you know, desire, self-control, gluttony, you can, I think you can go one of two ways when you have desire. Um, you can go towards the side of self-control where you uh, see that desire, recognize that desire, um, act on it if it's something good, something that will build you up. But when it hits the point where it's not going to build you up um, and it's going to get in the way of, I mean, a, a relationship with God, a relationship with others, whatever it is, um, if you continue to act on that desire, 
then you don't have control over the desire anymore and the desire <laughs> controls you. So really, I think you know, gluttony is less about uh, what you are uh, consuming and more about this desire. Hmm. I like that. I think, yeah. Um, and kind of like synthesizing kind of what you and Peter said here. Um, it seems to me that because uh, desire isn't in and of itself isn't sinful. Like if, if I want to desire the Lord, like that's a good thing. Um, that's a good, it's a good thing to pursue the Lord and desire to know the Lord more and pursue a relationship with him. It's good to want that. Um, and I think you can have like these desires in life that don't match up to God's desires that are our personal, like worldly desires that can like distract us from like our, our heavenly desires and placed inside of us by the Holy spirit. And when I, I think that when we get those two confused, it's easy to give in to the worldly ones and give in to the, the ones that lead us down the path to sin. Um, so I guess even like, yeah, like Peter said, like desire plays a role in every single one of the, the seven deadly sins, um, a desire for something other than what God has ordained. Um, and then yielding to that desire and letting it control you is the kicker in a sense. So, yeah. Um, real quick here, we're going to hop in and kind of read some passages about like gluttony and where it is mentioned in the Bible. Um, and pretty much like, as I said earlier, it's most of the time when the Bible talks about gluttony, it talks about gluttony as in overindulgence specifically in the desires specifically in food or the desires of the flesh. Um, and so we will see that here. Um, Justin, do you want to take 23 Proverbs 23, 20 through 21? Uh, Peter, sure. you want to take Proverbs 25 and then I will take Ezekiel 16. All right. All right, uh, Proverbs 23, 20 through 21 says, Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber will clothe them with rags. All right, and then Proverbs 25, 16 and 17. If you have found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your, lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house lest he have his fill of you and hate you. <laughs> Ezekiel sixteen forty nine. <laughs> Behold, this is the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. Um, <laughs> I, I like Peter's. Peter's is pretty funny. Uh, what do you guys kind of notice from these passages here? I think they show they sort of define or give some examples of gluttony um and then they show you some consequences of the sin itself um so yeah uh, the first justin's passage mentions gluttonous eaters of meat and drunkards as well um and yeah they will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags so not good 
Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> if you found honey, eat only enough for you. That's sort of, that goes back to the self-control. That's what happens when you don't have gluttony. But then when you do, must you have your fill of it and vomit it instead of only having your share of it if you have the entire batch or you overconsume honey or food, um, then you get sick from it, which is also not good. Uh, but then also, I think that next verse, let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. That could also come in, come uh, sort of, well, that sort of, sort of may speak to how um, greed and gluttony sort of bridge one another. Um, I think when you, when it's saying, let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, that might be talking about greed, uh, envy, or consuming, or be envious of something that your neighbor has, and you overindulge, or become overzealous of that, and then <laughs> the follows up by saying, let's be have his fill of you and hate you. So your neighbor getting your revenge or hating you, um, that's also not something you want. And then the Sodom example, uh, again, talks about pride, excessive food, um, and then we know the example when we know what happens in Sodom and Gomorrah. So. <laughs> yes, yes, there's a whole new meaning to light up the night, <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, or the original point. meaning of it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to that point, I think that this, these verses make the consequences of gluttony very clear. Um, one thing I, I picked up on was kind of the idea of how like your own gluttony can affect other people around you. Mm. Um, so I think specifically in Peter's verses out of Proverbs 25, if you have found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. Almost as like, to me saying, you have, you have your food, eat only enough for you because hey, other people might need that food in a sense, you know? Um, mm. And might need it more than you. And if you overindulge in anything, and I think food's a good example of this, but overindulging in anything deprives other people of that thing um, in a sense. And, you know, as, as I said earlier, things created by God, they are good. And things of this world in moderation are good. And, you know, if everyone has access to those things in moderation, then, hey, good for them. But when one person takes more of the pie than he should another person's not going to get a slice of the pie um, which is sometimes just how life goes but uh, I think it can also in certain instances be a, an indicator of jealousy indicator of gluttony um, and then with the neighbor's house I think that's an interesting one um, I think that's a lot about selfishness um, like the, an example <laughs> actually here's an example Seinfeld um <laughs> overindulges i think in jerry's food and jerry's apartment um luckily jerry is very patient and and, and kind <laughs> does not hate hate grammar but you can see a situation playing out where if you start to take things from someone whether it's their time their possessions their food whatever it may be that shows a clear disrespect of that person um and in almost a gluttonous way where if I'm always going over to my neighbor's house and consuming what they have uh, and indulging in that to it too far of an extent, then yeah, they're going to start to hate me. And that impacts that other person, you know? So I think your own gluttonous actions can impact the world around you in ways that maybe we don't think about. Mm. 
Yeah, I like that that take on it. It's like it's not only bad for you, and like it will not only have adverse effects on you and your own health, but also on the health of the of the others around you. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. So I think um, I even I all throughout today we've we have described um, like. What we think about gluttony, kind of how to, how we can interact with gluttony and some deeper things in gluttony. But what is like, I guess, what could we? I see. I think. I guess um, apply gluttony to, like, today. Like I think. Or like, what would? What? Where? Where are some areas that people might be gluttons of? Say, entertainment or like gluttons of like technology um or like screen time and like stuff like that um like what what are some ways that we gluttony can be applied to more than just food and where are some areas that people might be doing that today i'd say or maybe even yourself it could be literally anything i think um you know i think technology is a big one uh, I sometimes feel I watch too much TV <laughs> um, oh, <yeah. laughs> and it's, it's easy to do that. Cause I think the thing with gluttony is there's a certain point you reach where you're, you're enjoying something and it's good and it's, you know, beneficial or maybe not beneficial, but it's not bad. Uh, you're enjoying it, but then you sit there and think, Oh, a little more won't hurt a little more won't hurt. And eventually you're sliding down that slippery slope where you're thinking, Oh, it's too late now to stop. I'm just gonna keep, packing this thing in and keep uh, enjoying this activity because you know, that, that almost happens with sin in general. You know, your heart kind of gets built up and calloused. And in the case of gluttony, you can imagine it gets just bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, you just start to feel like, oh, it's nothing I, there's nothing I can do to stop this trend now. So I'm just going to keep indulging in this thing because it can't hurt me any more than it already has. Um, it reminds me of the, we read it in high school, and um, the Shakespeare play Macbeth. <laughs> when Macbeth starts killing everyone, <laughs> he reaches a certain point where it's like, uh, he just keeps killing people because he can't make it worse by doing it more. Um, and I think that's the mindset we start to get with gluttony. And so it can apply to anything there. It can apply to murder. <laughs> uh, it can it can apply to, to TV, I think, is a big one. Uh, technology and um, politics. Uh, hmm. Insert anything there. Mm-hmm. I, think it, yeah, I think it applies differently. I mean, there are probably many... Uh, boxes of gluttony that we all kind of fall into um like common ones that we fall into fall common examples but i think it also is different for each individual in the sense that um okay i'll just say that and then also i think like escapism is like the motives like what what leads you to consume these things and i think one of the biggest things in today's world is escapism um i don't know i just feel like whether it's induced by social media twitter etc or just um uh 
more responsibilities or like unhappiness with our responsibilities in this world, um, whether it's the result of responsibility themselves or just like group think and common misery through social media that sort of exacerbates it even more. But I feel like there's sort of an unhappiness or a burden of our responsibilities that weighs on us, whether that's school, relationships, uh, job, your work, etc. And then I think because of that, I think it's just so heightened in today's world. I think that can lead people to be unhappy, depressed, anxious about all that. And then where do you go from there? And I think you see gluttony a lot because people try to escape those things, those responsibilities um, in their downtime, in their free time, etc. And then when you do that and you, instead of say going to God, for example, or going um, um, to other, other Christians and talking with them and spending time with them, et cetera, or doing something constructive with that time, um, I think seek forms of escapism. And I think we do that through um, eating food that tastes good. Um, so that gives us some immediate gratification or helps us, uh, forget about our responsibilities or our job or school, however, whatever hardship we're going through. Same thing with drinking, um, same thing with entertainment, uh, watching TV, etc. because those things are easy and they, in a way, serve us for, like, for immediate gratification or immediate pleasure. But in turn, I think when you do those things and consume those items, um, then it's sort of builds a dependency or a control over you and you fall into this trend, this habit, this pattern of doing it day in and day out of watching too much TV, even when you know that you shouldn't be, of eating too much food, even when it's having bad effects on your health, etc. Um, so yeah, I know that was a lengthy response, but overall, I think um, a lot of pressures in this world and there are ways to escape those things and there are um, Examples, I think, in everyone's life when <laughs> we choose to escape them in consuming things that give us pleasure. And then when you overconsume them, then they just um, snag, snag, latch on you, I guess, and control you. And it's hard, hard to escape from there. It's a good um, way to so. look at it. Yeah, I like it. I like um, especially the escapism aspect uh, because, you know we we are all this world will like break you down to your knees you know it's rough out there and mm-hmm. the 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 world's way of dealing with it is just 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 to binge watch it away right deal with it when you can and forget about it when you can and i think in christ we have another another answer we have well christ is the other answer in him um it is Jesus Christ who has saved us. Um, we're no longer we're gonna we're no longer like bound by our worldly desires and defined by them, but He's given us a new desire in abiding in Him, and like tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, knowing our Creator and our Father, and it's it's really cool. You know, Galatians two twenty says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me." In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, and I think like that, that right there is our, 
our escape from gluttony <laughs> and yeah. our escape from overindulgence in like the desires of this world. I think it is, it is in Christ who, who in dying on the cross made, made or gave us the ability to be saved and to have the Holy spirit enter inside of us and to begin a good work that Christ will bring to completion. Um, and he's, he, we can't fight our worldly desires on our own. We have to give them to God and God has to, to fight them for us. Um, yeah. It's just not possible for us. Um, I also like uh, Romans thirteen fourteen, which is, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify his desires. That is, that's just a direct call to be like, hey, it's it's not our life. It's Jesus's. We need to put on Jesus Christ and we need to, we're not here to gratify the desires of the flesh, but we're here to exer- exercise the spiritual, the, the fruit of the spirit, self-control. And not overindulge, but indulge correctly and in the right amount with Jesus Christ with us. Yeah, like we're, people still struggle with these, even as Christians. We're going to be struggling with them till the end of time. But we know that the Lord will help us get through the struggle, you know. Yeah. yeah, always. Yeah, I think it comes down to having a deeper appetite for God and Jesus than having a deeper appetite for food or whatever it is that you might be overindulging in. Um, I think when you have that better alternative, then there's that replacement. Like you can see, you can taste Jesus. It's so sweet. He's so sweet. Awesome. Everything that he provides is grace. It's sufficient and it offers more than any um anything you indulge in on earth can provide and um maybe that's the reason we do overindulge because we can't it doesn't last those things <laughs> the the food the etc whatever it is it doesn't last and maybe that's why we just keep eating more and more and more of it um but in god you find something some satiation that does last and i was thinking to some examples on this in the Bible about Jesus and a lot of analogies in the Bible do have to do with food. Some of the biggest ones, um, obviously Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. Mm. Um, but we, we are satiated. We are full by the gift of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Um, and, the Lord's Supper is also another big example of there being food. Um, and so that's celebrating rec- celebrating and honoring Jesus as being the bread of life. Again, you come to him, we will not. Even the bread, bread in the blood of Christ. And um, I think those provide certain important perspectives on how we should be consuming Jesus. Um, uh which should be consuming him and worshiping as a form of worship, I guess. We did do a topic or a podcast on worship, and that's glorifying God in everything that we do. So I think consuming Jesus is finding ways to enjoy and glorify and worship God in all our actions. And then also 
I think that allows us to have self-control over the worldly, worldly pleasures and enjoying them, indulging them in a respectful, proper way and enjoying them for um, the gifts that they are that God has given us and in doing it in moderation because we love Jesus more, um, the giver of these gifts and these provisions more than the provisions themselves. Mm. Well said. Yeah. Um, do we have any closing thoughts? I think the one thing that kept coming back to me throughout the discussion is the idea that, you know, you're not too far gone. You say you're uh, indulge, overindulging in something. I think what Peter said there rings true. You know, you have the gift and you have the giver of the gift. If you're overindulging in the gift, uh, realize that you've not overindulged to the point where you can't still recognize the one who gave you that gift. And when you do recognize him, he is always willing to uh, help you dig out of that hole that you've dug for yourself. So Hmm. um, there's always a way out there and that way out is always good. Good word. Yeah. I think the the verse Galatians five twenty four it says crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Um, I think that shows the power if you have Christ in your life and you come to enjoy Him as your goal. Your goal is to enjoy Him and become satisfied in Him more and more to overindulge in Jesus. I guess <laughs> um, <laughs> that allows you to exercise a certain self control to have your own control over the passions and desires of the flesh. Um, also, as my as sort of my closing thought, I guess I wanted to bring in. I know we've talked about Philippians before, but it is one of my favorite books. And oh. the verses four, chapter four, eleven through thirteen is not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Um, and I wanted to bring that in at the end because I do think true satisfaction and contentment and eternal life, which is the greatest thing we can have is found in Christ. And that contentment exists, whether we are full or hungry, as those verses say, whether we have an abundance or we do not have, and we need these things. Um, I guess the point is that having or not having even um, and don't overindulging or not indulging, not being able to indulge, et cetera, and worldly things is not going to bring contentment. Because in Jesus, we can have contentment, whether we have or we do not have. Um, And it's such a beautiful thing. Jesus is the bread of life. He offers eternal life. And I think that when you treasure that and have that at at your center, at your core, um, then that, yeah, allows you to overcome gluttony. And Jesus' grace will always be there and always be enough. So when we stumble, um, Jesus will always be there. And no one is ever too far gone from these things because... Jesus is enough and he has power over all those things. Yeah. Mm. I like it. Yeah. There we have it. Discussion on gluttony. Thank you guys for humoring me. I like this is something on my mind for a little, it's been on my mind for a little while. So I'm glad I could talk it over with you guys and think it through a little bit more. But yeah, this was super fun. I'm super glad we did it. Yep. It's good, very good. I'm always glad, always glad when we do these episodes.
<laughs> oh yes, I've been missing it. We had we had a uh, two weeks, right? Or I just wanted, yeah. I guess it was two it's been two weeks, weeks since our last, but one week recording. off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one week off. Wow, good to be back in the fire. I'm burning yes, up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pray us out here, and then we're gonna let you guys go. All right, all right. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you once again for our listeners and for my two wonderful co-hosts, Peter and Justin. Um, thank you that we could come here and talk about gluttony and, yeah, just kind of discourse it. And then, of course, come back to always our saving grace and hope in all things, Jesus Christ, uh, your son, Lord, um, who can set us free from all the, the yuck of this world so we can be in the yum of the new creation and new earth. <laughs> um, yeah, just thank you so much again. And just never pray, man. Amen. Um, I like that. <laughs> did that just come to you as you were praying or did you have that prepared? Um, I, I like to describe the yuck and the yum of like yuck is sin and yum is holiness. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've taken a liking to that. <laughs> I do. Well, it fits into the topic of gluttony very well. It does. <laughs> It does. It really applied here, which I'm glad. Uh, Justin. Yeah. How can our listeners reach us? Well, we have an Instagram page and we have an email. Instagram, uh, you can go ahead and follow us, comment on our post, message us, talk to us. That Instagram page is in the fire podcast, just spelled exactly as it sounds. <laughs> One big word chunk there. And then the email is three in the fire at gmail.com. The number three that is in the fire at gmail.com. So uh, reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I think that is all. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. As always, yeah. Well, adios. (laughs) Goodbye. Have a blessed week, everyone.